If you haven't already, you should most definitely jump on board with Venus, the iPhone app, which recognizes anyone with just the snap of a photo. You've got an amazing piece of technology in your pockets, guys. It's called an iPhone, and it has a little thing on it, which is basically a camera, and it can help you to keep track of all the wines that you drink and enjoy and maybe you want to share with uh, various networks. You can actually uh, link your app up with uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing. It's uh, a fantastic piece of technology. Venice um, is changing the way that we enjoy wine and it's also helping us to buy wines you can follow people um, including wine professionals and wine experts like myself and, and listen to their recommendations and find where you might be able to buy wines and how much you might be able to pay so jump on to www.getvinus.com forward slash vincast download the app start snapping away and start interacting with other wine lovers who maybe listen to the vincast Hello and welcome to another episode of The Vincast. My name is James Kersbrook, otherwise known as The Intrepid Wino, and it has been a pretty hectic schedule for me of late. I do apologize for the uh, the late uh, the lateness of this episode of the podcast. Um, I've uh, been doing a bit of travel over to Adelaide, up to Sydney, and at the end of next week I'm heading over to, uh, to Europe for a few weeks for the Pro Wine Fair and also for Vinitaly and the side fairs around that. Pretty excited about that. Um, hopefully I can record a few episodes um, so that I can actually upload them whilst I'm away so you guys don't miss out. Um, but just in case I don't, um, I will be back on board very soon when I return. Um, I hope you guys uh, are enjoying the, the last of summer, uh, if you're in Australia, of course. Um, we had some beautiful weather up in Sydney this past week, uh, which I spent with my guest for this week. Um, in case I haven't mentioned it already, I actually work for uh, an importer of Italian wine in particular um, based out of Sydney called Lario International. Uh, I'm Melbourne-based and I uh, and I, my responsibilities are to sell the wines here to uh, retail and um, to restaurant, that kind of thing, bars. Um, and uh, one of our producers who was out for the uh, Canberra Rosso Trebicieri tastings, um, particularly in Sydney, uh, was here. And uh, so I sat down with her in the offices up in Sydney and had an interesting chat. Her name is Lucia Barzano, and uh, her family have owned uh, Il Mosnel for many, many years. And uh, they're based in Franciacorta, which, if you didn't know, is considered to be sort of the best place for a sparkling wine in Italy. So we had a really interesting chat. Hope you enjoy this episode. I will see you on the other side. Lucia, thank you very much for making some time to uh, to talk on the Vincast today. And uh, welcome to Australia. I believe this is the first time you have visited Australia. Yes, thank you, James. Yes, it's my first time here in Australia and uh, in Sydney. So... I'm so excited about this uh, country and uh, this experience. So it's very nice. Um, and of course, you know, we're here in Sydney where it's, uh, I guess, summer is technically supposed to be finished. We're in March now, but uh, we've had some very lovely warm weather. How have you been coping with, uh, with the warm weather when in uh, back in uh, Lombardia it would be starting to be spring, but still quite fresh? 
Yes, we are. We have uh, the queue of the of winter, and we are waiting for spring. So, we we are a little bit tired about cold weather, and we are waiting for uh, the hot one. And very soon, um, you'll be uh, at Pro Wine, and then Vinitaly very soon after this. I'm sure mm -hmm. this is a very important time of the year for you. So, uh, the preparations, I'm sure. Are going to be very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a very um, in intense period with a lot of important appointments. I've been to USA uh, last uh, two weeks uh, and then in, in uh, Australia and then Provine. So very important uh, um, appointment and very important uh, challenge for uh, making Franciacorta more and more popular in the world. So... Um... Your family have been in uh, this particular part of Lombardia for a long, long time, and um, Franciacorta, uh, as as far as the wine that we know, we think of today, uh, is hasn't always been made this way in uh, in, in this part of Italy. Um, when did your fam well, your family was 1838? 1836. 36. Yes. And mm -hmm. and what sort of business were they? in when they uh, established in this area? It was a um, typical uh, farm, we can say, so it was a um, mixed agriculture, so um, they were, they had uh, um, cows and mm. uh, also some uh, cereals and uh, wine and so... Azienda. Azienda, yes, Azienda Agricola, yes. Okay. So um, this was for generation, and then it was at the end of the 60s that um, the Franciacorta DOC was established, and um, my mother decided to, to plant the first vineyards with the DOC, so with the new rules of Franciacorta, and then decided to focus the, um, the farm on wine, so to make a real uh, modern winery like it is now. But in the area uh, where Franciacorta is now, there was a bit of history with, with wine before? Yes, the, there was a production of wine, still uh, red and still white wines, made with uh, indigenous grape mm -hmm. that, grapes that now are disappeared. Okay. And then... Um, we uh, found we found some old books uh, with a history of a doctor mm -hmm. uh, who started to make um, sparkling wine by chance, as it was in France, and um, uh, he he considered this wine, the sparkling wine, as a medicine. Mm. Medicinal, uh, <laughs> yes, and, and restorative uh, powers. It called uh, it called it uh, um, vino mordace. Mordace means um, sparkling. It means uh, uh, very um, um, a sort of aggressive wine because okay. of the bubbles. Ah, aggressive. <laughs> okay. Um, so tell me why why was why was Corte created the way that it is now in terms of making wines in metodo classico and using the, I guess, these different grape varieties, the non-indigenous grape varieties. Mm -hmm. 
But that that was ab um, about a sort of um, intuition of um, uh, Guido Berlucchi and Franco Zigliani, two men who decided to uh, begin this uh, business of sparkling wines uh, with the um, traditional method, mm -hmm. because they uh, were um, convinced that um, the characteristic of uh, the soil and uh, of the weather of Franciacorta were very similar to uh, Champagne mm -hmm. and uh, could be very um, good for the production of sparkling. That's why they um, they be, uh, began to produce sparkling wine and uh, my mother was a friend of um, Guido Berlucchi who was a, a very good friend since a lot of time and so he convinced my mother to to begin with this kind of wine which could be the um, the right um, way to make uh, Franciacorta uh, a good wine um was there at the time in Italy was there interest was there increasing demand for sparkling wine or was it just uh, they saw an opportunity to make a great wine and they were inspired by, by Champagne, for example, to create this wine? No, there was uh, not a big demand of sparkling wines and um, the demand was, for, was more for uh, sweet sparkling wines like Moscato. So it was a sort of uh, challenge yes. of a small group of people as a small group of pioneers mm. and uh, my mother was one of them mm -hmm. uh, so I can imagine it was great risk you know and they had to think of uh, the long term the, the opportunities for, mm -hmm. for Francia Corta because um, I think it was around about this time also that uh, they had a similar story with the wines of Cava in mm -hmm. Spain um, you know, they, they were inspired by Champagne and so, yes. of course, they're named mm -hmm. after the, the Cave, the, 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 the cellars. Mm -hmm. But I think the, um, the luck, we can say, of Franciacorta was that it was, at the beginning, a very small group of uh, people, very, very um, convinced about this idea about this dream and yes. they worked hardly together to um, to make uh, very strict um, rules of production more than in champagne and so uh, without any kind of uh, doubt they have to to be the the best sparking wine in the world so uh, that's why i think the this long um, history, not so long because it's 50 Compared years to of, some wines yes. in Italy, of course. And uh, it, um, it's uh, su successful because uh, the, the group of producers worked hardly together. It was a, a strange example in Italy. So what were the, the, the sort of the rules, I guess, for Franciacorta? So we have a very small um, yield per hectare. Uh -huh. which is uh, 90 mm, tons, is it? No, 90? 90. 
So nine zero. No, nine tons. Nine tons. Yes, okay. sorry. <laughs> and then a small yield of must from the grape. Yes. So only sixty five percent. Then we have a very long period of aging on the lease. It's minimum 18 months. Mm -hmm. And um, all the, the steps of the production of Rancho Corta are very uh, strictly ruled. And it can only be made from the three grape varieties? The only three grapes allowed are uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Blanc and Pinot Noir, yes. Pinot Nero. Pinot Nero. Okay. Um, so when your mother established Il Mosnel as a, a Franciacorta house, mm -hmm. um, what, how did she, what, what were her philosophies? How did she want to distinguish her house from others? So she was, uh, um, she was a hunter mm -hmm. and uh, she was uh, very, um, uh, very, uh, Careful in uh, um, a good uh, uh, agriculture, in, um, uh, in making agri agriculture without using uh, chemicals or using uh, less chemical possi as possible. It's possible, okay. Yes, and uh, this was, uh, I'm speaking, speaking about 40 years ago, so it was of course. very early. She, she didn't um, believe in organic because at the time there was... There was, it didn't exist. <laughs> yes, but uh, she was very... Um, uh, for her, was very important to be um, less um, aggressive with uh, chemicals on, um, on the earth, on the end environment. Uh -huh. And uh, so this was one of her first uh, idea, and then... She was. She loved uh, particularly Pinot Bianco. Yes. And that's why she planted uh, um, a good quantity. We can say more or less at that time thirty percent of Pinot Blanc, mm -hmm. that Pinot Bianco. That was um, a big amount of it. Um, if you consider the other producers, and um, it was a very good choice. That uh, now it's one of our. Um, point of uh, distinction, mm -hmm. I can say. So it, it's one of the, um, the most important thing in our identity as a winery, mm -hmm. because we still have uh, about 20% of Pinot Blanc and we use it. Um, and uh, in our area, in our part of Franciacorta, it's very good and it's very um, mineral and very long um, long lasting so very good for um, aging from memory um, the location you're in or the best the best area for Franciacorta is quite close to the lake so uh, you mean our village or mm. Franciacorta well I, th I think I remember seeing a map at, mm? at yes. the winery at Imosnel and I identified where the best Franciacorta is mm. coming from, and, and from memory, it, it seemed like it was quite close to the lake, which has a, a very nice influence on the climate. Mm, the lake has a, a nice influence on the climate of the whole Franciacorta, okay. but uh, our part is a little bit uh, uh, hidden by the pre-Alps. Protected. S protected, mm -hmm. yes. So it it is a little bit uh, 
more fresh. Sure. And so that's why um, we ha we find in our Franciacorta this characteristic of uh, uh, minerality of uh, um, very good uh, and long aging, and uh, because it's a, a fresh area. Okay. Um. What do you do? You know why they chose to use Pinot Bianco or Pinot Blanc mm -hmm. instead of Pinot Meunier, like they do in Champagne? Mm, because I think because it's um, it was uh, um, more um, so more good. It, it was good uh, for the our uh, climate. It was um, uh, better with our climate mm. because uh, um, Pinot Meunier is uh, not um, very good in uh, with. Uh, our kind of climate. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of the establishment of, of the winery and mm -hmm. the winemaking, um, what were the, the sort of the interesting uh, steps that uh, were established to distinguish Ilmos Nel? So uh, it was one of the first wineries in the first 80s to um, use uh, steel tanks okay. instead of concrete. Really, they were using concrete to, yes. for the primary fermentation, mm -hmm. and um, also it was one of the first winery uh, in this same period to use the control temperature. That uh, it was a, a new technology at the time, mm -hmm. and it very it is very important for the aromas of Franciacorta to have a, a very long, a very slow first fermentation yes. and to preserve all the aromas of the grapes. And then um, in uh, 1990, there was the first uh, harvest and the, the first pressing with the um, pneumatic presses, mm -hmm. which were a, a brand new technology mm -hmm. in these years. So um, I can say that my mother was uh, very... Um, she was a, an, an early adopter of new technologies. Yes. And she was a pioneer in her way of uh, making wine. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, and it is one of uh, our characteristics now. So, so what were some of your early experiences um, as part of uh, Il Mosnel and mm -hmm. with, with your mother? Um, can you remember when you sort of were able to understand what it is your family did, what the business was, and, and how special Il Mosnel and Francia Corta were? So, uh, my idea was um, um, when I grew up, I don't want to be a winemaker or a wine producer because I always uh, look at my mother working a lot uh, Sundays, Christmas, and so it very was hard work. <laughs> very hard work, very... Um, um, she was very um, involved in this uh, work. Yes. And um, then uh, I tried to help her first by picking up the grape when mm -hmm. I was at school. Yes. And uh, it was a fantastic experience. It was very, um, very funny and very special. And then trying to understand more what uh, what is uh, the meaning of uh, uh, producing wine and 
slowly I I began to work with her and uh, now <laughs> not now it's more than 15 years that I'm convinced that it's the the most uh, fabulous <laughs> job I can do because it's fantastic mm. it's a fantastic world and also we can have a very good uh, quality of life in a very beautiful place so we are very lucky of course um Italy has some very, very well-known sparkling wines. In fact, um, your neighbor to the east in Veneto is, uh, is now the most consumed sparkling wine in the world in Prosecco. You know, the, the rise, the increase in production and the uh, association of uh, Prosecco with uh, Italy and sparkling wine is very strong. And there are other kind of areas in Italy that... Uh, very good for sparkling wine, like uh, in uh, Trentino, Trento. There's some very, you know, very well-known producers, um, and in you know, in Piemonte, they have some some sparkling wine in uh, Altalanga, for example. Um, but when when Franciacorta was kind of created in the 50s and 60s, pretty much the only sparkling wine of any you know renown in Italy was Moscato d'Asti. Yes, mm-hmm. and Prosecco yes. Prosecco, so Prosecco, when, okay. Um, but but now the market for sparkling wine around the world is is very different. You know, there seems to be increasing demand for sparkling wine. But uh, how do you find people uh, react? Do, do you think there is much association with Franciacorta? Do, do people know Franciacorta? Do they know that uh, Italy is making wine in Metodo Classico, particularly using some of the uh, the champagne varieties. Is it is it very challenging for Franciacorta? It is very challenging, yes, because we when we face uh, the, the world, we have to explain what the Franciacorta is, because it's only a niche uh, of uh, consumers or wine lovers that um, know, knows what Franciacorta is. So we have to explain, we have to, to talk about uh, the area, the wines, but we have good success when we, when we, we propose it. So we have to, to work uh, again, to work together, the, the Franciacorta producers, and to promote outside Italy. Um, because uh, I'm sure that uh, we, we will be successful because uh, sparkling wines are very modern wines, are very good uh, in this moment. They are good with everything uh, before the meal, during the meal, after the meal. They are refreshing. You can drink them uh, in, uh, all, uh, in a lot of occasions. So it's a good, cha- it's a good challenge and... Um, for example, in USA, in the last uh, five years, I've seen that Franciacorta is becoming more and more popular. Mm. It's in particular markets in the United States, particular in, areas, or yeah, just in general. The area that I experienced are New York and um, San Francisco, which I visited uh, three, four years ago, and uh, this year, and I can notice. The difference in uh, the um, uh, in the popularity of Franciacorta. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think it's a, it's a good sign. And um, I know that a lot of um, colleagues of uh, Franciacorta wine producer are working well in, in the US and in Japan as well. So I think it's a good sign. And um, I know that uh, we have to explain that we are not Prosecco. We are different kind of uh, method, much more... Uh, um, much longer, so we have to explain it. Mm. Um, so, so today in in, in this time, um, you're working with your brother, yes, um, to to run the estate. Uh, and uh, how is the market um, in Italy though? Like, is is it the Italian market also very difficult for Franciacorta? Um, in Italy, Franciacorta is very popular, it's very well appreciated, it's uh, considered the best sparkling wine of uh, Italy and um, it's very um, requested, so it's, it's a good, um, it's a good uh, moment for uh, Franciacorta in Italy mm. and uh, more, than, more in the northern part of Italy, but it's, uh, it's considered the best of Italy. Um, as far as the the style of uh, Franciacorta that you are producing now, there you, you make a number of different styles. Um, you, the non vitige brut is a very classic style. You, know, you you can find some similarities with Champagne, but I think that uh, at Ilmos now you are making some quite unique styles as well. Um, for example, one one that I discovered that I'd never heard of before is uh, satin. Can you tell me a little bit about satin and, and, and how what a special product this is? So satin is a very important uh, kind of Franciacorta. It has uh, by disciplinare of Franciacorta, so by our rules, it has to be produced only with uh, white grapes and then it has to be a brut and it has less uh, pressure, so it's about four and a half bars instead of six. So uh, this gives uh, very small bubbles, very creamy um, uh, wine, and um, it, it is uh, delicate like silk, and mm. it has... Or uh, satin. Yes, that's why the name satin. <laughs> and um, I think it's very um, nice because... It, it's very important for a consumer not um, not um, appreciating particularly sparkling wine because it could be the first step towards uh, sparkling wines. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, it's very important for Franciacorta for, uh, um, uh, for finding new, uh, new consumers. Because uh, generally Prosecco is not as sparkling, it doesn't have as much pressure mm -hmm. as Metodo Classico or as yes. Franciacorta. So if they're familiar a little bit with Prosecco, I guess I can see, they can taste the satin and see, oh, it's just a much better version of Prosecco. Yes. That yeah, sounds very simple <laughs> to explain it this yes. way. It's a first step from Prosecco towards a Metodo Classico, towards something um more important yes but also at uh, Ilmos Nel I'm not sure I um in comparison with uh, many other Franciacorta producers but uh you uh tend to go for lower dosage and in some cases 
um, there is no dosage liqueur added, um, so it's completely dry. Uh, how, how do you find the perception of uh, these wines in the market? So we are um, very um, convinced that producer of uh, non-dosé uh, Franciacorta because for us are the best uh, um, expression of uh, the grape, of the terroir, of how we work. So of uh, seven different Franciacorta, we have three Padosé and one extra brut, so four very dry Franciacorta. And uh, in the last uh, five years, we have seen uh, the um, demand of the dry Franciacorta increasing year by year. So mm. it's a, I think this is also trend. this is a trend for for champagne. It's a yes. trend for other method traditional mm -hmm. sparkling wines. You know, of course, when I worked for Chandon in Australia, um, they were an early adopter of a zero dosage sparkling wine, and demand for this in many markets. Increase quite quickly. I know mm -hmm. the the average dosage in Champagne. I think is sort of coming down a little bit, particularly for vintage. Yes, mm -hmm. that's it. It's a. I think it's a global trend. Yes. Yes. I think because it's a sort of uh, um, the consumers start from a sweet wine and then um, with more experience. The, the the final uh, product you you want to drink is a dry is a dry one yes i think it's a normal uh, um, yes developing but part of the reason that you are here in australia is because uh the recently they they had the uh, gambero rosso prebicchieri or three glass tasting mm -hmm. um gambero rosso of course is the um, it's actually a, a restaurant guide, but they also write a, a guide for, for wines of mm -hmm. Italy. Um, and based on the scores, they can be awarded one, two or three glasses. And so the highest scoring wines uh, receive three glasses, a great, you know, very prestigious kind of um, award to be bestowed on a wine because I think generally there's only about 200 wines each year yeah. which are awarded three glasses. And... Uh, the wine that was uh, you're showing here for the tasting, amongst other three glass wines, was uh, the EBB mm -hmm. from 2009. Now, this is a particular, you know, very special product for for you and your family. It must now tell me mm -hmm. a little bit about EBB. EBB is uh, the wine that uh, my brother Giulio and me uh, wanted to um, dedicate to the to my mother, to her memory. Um, unfortunately, she died in 2007, and we decided to um, to make a special wine with our best Chardonnay, and to um, to produce it for in her memory. Mm -hmm. And so EBB stands for Emanuela Barzano Barbolio, so um, are their initials. And uh, for us, is the wine of uh, of our heart. It's very important. And um, it was um, it was very important for us that uh, it has been awarded with uh, three glasses and trebicchieri, uh, uh, three glasses, and also it's um, it's a very elegant and um, important wine, and um, it's the 
the big uh, success for Giulio and for me is that uh, this wine is very similar to uh, our mother. So it's a real expression of her um, character and her um, personality. So for us, it's a special wine. <laughs> um, one of the other interesting wines that you have, of course, is the, 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 the Reserva. The QDE, which um, for, for me is very interesting, apart from the fact that you know it's a very amazing product and it had spent a long time aging on the the lees, but uh, the fact that the label changes each year. How how did um, the creation of the, the concept to change the label each year come about? Well, it's um, QDE stands for uh, Questione di Etichetta, so it means that um, this wine is linked to um, an award. Uh, among uh, designers. Uh, it's uh, organized by us and by um, ADI, which is the um, Association of uh, Designers of Italy. Mm -hmm. So um, we normally release this wine every two years and um, each uh, release has uh, um, this um, award and uh, we uh, invite uh, normally 10, 12 designers to uh, create a special label and a special package for this wine. And um, then we decide which is the best and the best um, label become the label of the wine. So um, every single vintage has a different um, label, has a different uh, package. And so um, it's a... Uh, it's, a special edition. In fact, uh, normally the production is uh, 4,000 bottles. They are numbered bottles, so mm -hmm. it's a very limited edition. And um, it's important for us because this wine represents our best uh, um, wines in, uh, in, when we decide when the, um, the, the vintage is good, we decide to produce this wine and we choose the best that we have in uh, in the cellar, mm -hmm. so it doesn't have a um, a, cuvée, a, a blend. It changes every every. So blend. it's only the best. Yes. Okay. And so as uh, the blend changes, so the the label changes. So every every year is a unique. Uh, and it's purely uh, expression of the best of the vintage. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, now, of course. Um, sort of celebrates tradition and using traditional techniques and uh, and celebrating you know the the legacy of your mother of course um, but you are also very modern in your approaches in terms of communication you are very active on social media yes <laughs> um, you know you are we found on Twitter Instagram Facebook um, so can you what, what are the uh, the best ways that people can uh, Keep in touch with uh, mm -hmm. with Ilmosnel and with you. Yes, we have um, our accounts on Twitter, which is Ilmosnel. We have uh, our Facebook uh, fan page, which is Ilmosnel again, <laughs> and the same on uh, Instagram. So I try to um, to to talk about the the life in the winery to explain what's happening uh, in the different periods of the year or if we are um, traveling like in Sydney in these days 
I try to to talk of our experiences and um, I think it's uh, nice to to be in contact with our consumers and so um, I have also my my personal um, Twitter account which is Uchibi and uh, the same is on Instagram so it's nice to um, what's Uchibi? Uchibi is my um, well, uh, in, in family my name is Uchi Okay. So Uchibi. Aluchi Uchi. Yes. So the nickname. My, it's, a, it's my nickname in family. <laughs> yes, family and friends. And so B stands for Barzano. So Uchibi is my name. And um, I try to to talk about uh, what's uh, or how is uh, the life of a producer. So of course. Uh, on the um, back, um, I don't know the name. So on the back side of the winery. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, thank you. <laughs> and speaking of behind the scenes, of course, uh, mm -hmm. people can come and visit Il Mosnel when yes. they're in Francia Corta. Oh yes, uh, we are very happy to have um, to show how we work, to show our um, cellars, which are ancient and very nice, very fascinating. You've been there last June, so I think it's a good experience. And also in the... Um, um, nice season in spring or summer which are coming you can um, also visit uh, walking or uh, riding a bike our vineyards yes. and having a picnic in the, in the vineyards which is a nice experience or tasting the wines normally in the in the winery but uh, you can find all that information on the on the website yes we have our website which is ilmosnel.com and then you can email us and uh, asking for a, um, asking to book a visit and you can read all about the the wonderful products that ilmosnel makes and uh, and also ask questions to find out where where you can uh, purchase some wine if you know if it's available in your market but uh, I do appreciate, of course, your time in uh, down here whilst you're in Australia and to introduce you to some of the customers and uh, to the consumers, of course, at the, the, the Trebicieri tasting. Mm -hmm. And, of course, thank you very much for, for making some time to be on the Vincast. Thank you for your invitation. And as always, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Vincast. Uh, I have been James Gersbrook, otherwise known as The Intrepid Wino. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Intrepid Wino and also the podcast on Twitter at The Vincast to find out when the new episodes are available. You can uh, come onto Facebook and like me there, facebook.com forward slash Intrepid Wino to uh, see various things. Uh, but the best place to come is intrepidwino.com where you can download not only all of the previous episodes of the podcast to listen to at your leisure but you can also read various musings and uh, it's very interactive you can leave comments and uh, and uh, that would be great to hear from you there but you can also subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher or player fm and you can uh, search for the vincast through there but if you do decide to subscribe to the podcast and download the episodes there please do leave me a rating and review uh, because it helps me out immensely uh, and gets the word out to other wine lovers like yourselves like i mentioned uh, i'll be heading overseas for a couple of weeks uh, to see lots of things obviously i'll be sharing as much as possible so make sure you are following me on the social medias but until next time bye